0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Connell. Danny Connell, back to throw versus Denver, back his tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has got 15, 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right
1: before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me.
0: What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench. Hope everybody had a great weekend. <laughs> I am here. I'm Danny Cannell with Rajah Bell. My man, I was trying to get something in right before the show. A little yeah. last swig of water to make sure go. I'm hydrated because we got a big show this Monday. Panda <laughs> Ostapchuk with us as always as my man Debo is too. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Now I feel like Friday's show, we buried the lead a little bit <laughs> because we didn't get to it. If you missed the episode, you need to go back and make sure you get to the very, very end. Because, it's like, la- the last minute. Yes, yeah, it's like the last minute of the show. But we discussed just briefly how you had been kicked out of a high school basketball game because yes. you help out, you're an assistant coach, yeah. high school basketball team, and you got kicked out of a game. Now today we learned, like, I thought it was just, you know, oh, you just got, uh, you know. So
1: t- did baby. I. So, did so, I. so, but
0: there yeah. was actually, there were consequences. You have yeah. official punishment to deal with now?
1: I do. I got an email from, um, from my buddy Ken Kelly, head coach, uh, at Western, and it says that, uh, the school will be fined $100. <laughs> To which I was like, gladly, I'll pay the hundred dollars. I don't right. want anybody to be suffering uh, financially on my account. Um, two game suspension. <laughs> what yeah. the heck? And I've got to complete an online mentoring Stop. and like and teaching class. <laughs> Because so i was supposed to set an example. That's
2: unreal. So
1: I go in right, and I felt like I felt bad, but I I wasn't acting the fool. Like I wasn't up yelling and screaming. I was just talking to the ref, and he didn't like what I said, so he kicked me out. So I go in, and I still apologize to our kids. I'm like, look, guys, I can't be with you guys the last two games of the season. I'll be back for the playoffs. I was like, it's my bad. I could have cost you the game. I, you know, whatever. Um, and those dudes were like, are you kidding me? <laughs> they were like, it was the best thing I've ever seen. Like, at least somebody cares about us. Like, thank you for. And so I, you know, I. Hold I on got mixed second. emotions. I got to go
0: back. How bad were you yelling at the refs? I Your wasn't yelling. yelling
1: at all. Really? No. I he he made a call late in the game. Um We have two kids that look similar, but one's a lot taller than the other. Called it on the shorter one, and they were really, really bad. Like the other team shot thirty-seven free throws <laughs> in a thirty-two-minute game, of which we were winning the entire time. So we're not trying to foul. You understand? Like so. It was really bad, but he gave the foul to the wrong kid. He called it on one kid, <laughs> assessed it at the book on another kid, and it was that kid's fifth foul, and he's our only big. And so I just asked him, I said, Bud, look, you made it on the other kid. Right. That guy was nowhere near the play. You know, and he got all, like, you know, high school refs tend to get, like, mm-hmm. you know, really obnoxious and whatever. I said, look, man, just revisit it. Ask your partners. It wasn't that kid. It was the other kid. And he told me to sit down and this and that. I said, you know what? They shouldn't even give you a check tonight. and and he got offended which was fine so he teched me and then his buddy came over and he was like hey you know you can't say that or whatever i was like look man it I told him the situation. He said, yeah, but it's his right to work. I said, well, I still maintain he shouldn't get his check tonight. And so he kicked me out.
0: It's <laughs> great. I love it. But all in oh a normal like you weren't yelling. No, oh, I wasn't No, just, no. Uh, sitting down, I wasn't even control. standing up. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. let us know how that course man. Yeah, yeah. I don't course. <laughs> you
1: you know that I'll be taking the course.
0: Oh, you better. They're going to make sure you complete yeah, I it. I know, I got to do something. Uh,
2: I think you should do it on the show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to the meat of it. We got a big show for you. We got Will Brinson coming on, our CBS Sports Senior and NFL writer. He's going to go over some Super Bowl stuff with us. He'll be in Minnesota later this week, as will I. I'm headed out later this afternoon. We got to do our NBA Grammys. Debo's got something dialed up for us. They had the Grammys last night. I did not watch much of it, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> felt like, like I, I watched know. the first hour, and I was kind of like I knew you watch like, an hour of the Grammys, yeah, because I like to see the performances. You watch Grammys?
2: No, I watched the red carpet. All right. All right. <laughs> That's my favorite. So part. I
0: watched a little bit I'll of it. Okay, okay. I like to see it. yeah, I but you're, you're heavy in
1: it. Like I'm not as heavy in the music, I feel as, as as you may
0: be. Really? Like, yeah, I oh. like
1: music, but I wouldn't watch the Grammys. I don't think.
2: I yeah. like the Grammys, but yeah, no, I, I recorded it because I only want to watch the things that people are talking about. I don't care to actually sit there. But I
0: don't think there was much to talk about after. I don't think there were that many memorable moment i heard cardi show.
2: b killed it eh,
0: she was all right do you like, like cardi what how do Bruno you feel Mars? about cardi b i here.
2: love cardi b eh, she Seems all right yeah.
3: what? I don't
0: know. <laughs> like my kids like it but i don't know that i i mean she was she's all right she's like right? a
2: boss i think she's so cool
0: i just didn't know kendrick lamar was that short or rihanna's that tall
2: yeah i heard she like, was I heard Rihanna was over, like, rough. like a foot taller i heard Both. her performance was yeah. rough did you see it who's rihanna's i
0: she, did not see her perform. Oh, okay I saw her on stage giving the acceptance speech, and How she was she looked, towering was she over. Wearing? She's beautiful. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. Was she was she? rather conservative, but was she had she? her hair done up huge. Uh, All right. right. Well, they will do an extra podcast special on the Grammys. Out of we'll give <laughs> no, a bonus segment. Uh, so we have to get to a serious topic because it's something that's really consumed the sports world the past – Uh, month in the news that kind of Mm -hmm. everybody has known about this but really it's been something that's going on for quite some time and really unfortunately so and that's the michigan state scandal which i'm sure everybody is aware of what's happened with the larry nasser case that's the doctor who was sexually assaulting over 150 uh gymnasts that had come through his program and female athletes That's crazy and it was disgusting and he got sentenced and that was a great thing and it's uh, you know, the, the some of the heroes that came out were the women that were the victims that actually exposed mm-hmm. him and spoke up about it, which was really Absolutely. Um, cool to see them come together. But in all of this, so the Michigan, that's one aspect of it. And then more recently... This has spiraled a little bit into some other sports and those programs. So Mark D'Antonio and Tom Izzo, the head football coach and basketball coach at Michigan State, have been at their in their positions for quite some time, and all of a sudden they're starting to take some heat as well because ESPN from Outside the Lines did a report and they uh, came out on Friday, and it was basically a report saying there was a culture around Michigan State's football and basketball programs of sexual assault. Um, in a lack of transparency, transparency from the program. OTL reported that at least 16 Michigan State football players have been named in accusations of rape or violence against women since D'Antonio took over in 2007. He was involved in at least one of those cases, the discipline handing out from those. Um, he's denied, Mark D'Antonio has denied, uh, is, is said there are no truth to the reports that saying he would resign. Uh, he's, his quote on record is, we've always had high values in this program, and that will never change. Tom Izzo has been asked a lot about it. Here was a sequence that he had with a reporter after the game that was asking him about one of his former coaches and his involvement with the program.
2: He was with your staff throughout 2010. An allegation came forward later that year that, from a, from a woman and her family to the athletic department that he and two of your players raped her. He then left the program later, that year in 2010. Why?
1: To be honest with you, I don't remember why he left. I know he went to Europe to play. And, and uh, as you know, I'll, I'll, I'll still say I'll cooperate with any investigation that's made. Uh, I did it then. I did it before. And uh, I'm not going to answer any questions that aren't pertaining to either basketball Or things that I am not going to talk
2: about right now. Let me ask you this question then. Looking back at the way sexual assault allegations have been handled by your basketball program, do you have any regrets?
1: I've cooperated with every investigation. Every one.
0: All right, so that was that was uh, head coach Tom Izzo for the basketball program talking about uh, Travis Walton, former player, but he was assistant yep. at the time. Um, this to me is is, is sort of it's 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 one of those things that you do not want to have happen if you're Michigan State, obviously. But when you have outside the lines come digging around your program and especially after this scandal it's to me i get concerned that it's a witch hunt that they're starting to look for oh my gosh let's go find everything we can and i don't know i don't know what the proper response should be but i feel like people are out there calling for uh, mark d'antonio and tom Izzo's job right. before the cases are even heard
1: um oh god this is that's it's a, a tricky I, it's a deep first, subject first and foremost let me just make sure everyone understands like all of this is, like, reprehensible. Like, it's just, it's disgusting. It's, uh, you know, the predatorial nature of Nasser is, like, you know, that's as sick as, as you get. Um, and I don't ever condone any man, female, or anyone taking advantage of or going against the wishes of another human being, right? You respect you respect people, whatever, size, shape, color, race, creed, gender. Like, you, we must. Um, I don't know what Tom Izzo could say. To those questions, and I I was left feeling like he did a lot of dodging and deflecting. And then, you know, it makes you look semi-guilty, but there's no win there. Like you can't answer because anything that you say in that situation, they're going to twist it and make it, you know, make it into what they want it to be. So the best way to treat that is just like, listen, I plead the fifth on all of this, and because you're you're in an investigation now, like the court of public opinion is is no longer of concern to you if you're Tom Izzo. You must handle this. Like, through the proper legal channels, let them do their due diligence. If you're clean, that'll come out. If you're not clean, that'll probably come out. But it doesn't make any sense to be, you know, saying different things to different media outlets who pose the questions to you. Um, you but know, here's you, the if, thing.
0: I think these are two totally separate instances, no, though. But I feel like Tom Izzo but, and Mark D'Antonio are getting lumped in with they, this. They
1: are. But here, here it's unfortunate for the program and for Michigan State that the Larry – that the, the, they came around digging like they did and it exposes the whole university but I would contend that like if you went digging to this degree around a lot of major um athletic universities you'd probably find and maybe not to the degree mm-hmm. but you'd find some of that you, you you would absolutely um you know and and I hate to say that it's just the landscape and the pattern and the nature of of, of college sports but to a degree like I played at two universities and there' are things that that happen. Like all the time, you know, and so I'm of the belief, and we've talked about it before, that that I'm not gonna, like, you're innocent until proven guilty. So I'm not I'm not calling for Izzo or D'Antoni or anybody like that to re, D'Antonio mm-hmm. to resign um, until we get to the bottom of that. I'm not gonna go ahead and 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 have reporters in there every press conference just grilling them and drilling them, trying to get them to say something that they would incriminate themselves or have them contradict themselves. I'll I'll let them do their investigation, and then as a university, you know, we'll deal with it afterwards but i I don't like to try people in the court of public opinion this
0: go ahead
2: isn't it that tom Izzo and mark d'antonio are considering retirement right now
0: no they would never if this wasn't a news story there they would not have been like they're not at that point but they're
2: considering it because of this
0: um that has been reported by some people but mark d'antonio said that those claims were absolutely false i mean
1: that that like again you can't do anything because just like now you look guilty I'm talking. Right. So you have to deny the fact that you're considered retiring. And even that like question,
0: when she said, do you have any regrets? If he would have said yes, well, he's, then he's done. admitting guilt. He's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's, here's a question I have for you guys. So outside the lodge reported at least 16 Michigan state football players have been named in accusations of rape or violence against women since Antonio took over in 2007. So that's roughly a 10 year period, right? 10 or 11 year period. So that's about one and a half players on a hundred Player roster, yeah. a year. In the bigger scope of that, like, because I think athletes always get uh, people assume the worst. Say, oh, there are a bunch of thugs. Sure. There are a bunch of guys who get away with stuff. I think if you put those numbers and you compare them to Michigan State's student body, that they're probably less than the normal student body. Right. Right. But it doesn't, doesn't make it right. Right. It still doesn't. Here's the problem. Okay. I think that every college athletic program has. We should not let coaches handle discipline no. yes. especially with issues like this because it's similar to parenting a lot of some parents are stricter than others some will let their kids get away with certain things and others won't you're too attached to the player you might know somebody on a personal level because he's your player and you will defend him more or get or try to help him in situations when you can't see the problem you can't see it in front of your face
1: i i guess yeah no you're 100 right um, I share a story that happened with me and it, it, you know, it begs the question, like when you are a coach that has to levy discipline in a situation like this, and these are purely allegations, like what's, the, what's the right thing to do? Because I'll tell a story. I was at Boston university as a freshman Um, and three of my upperclassmen, ha- uh, they got involved with a girl one night. Um, The next morning she, she said that she was raped and you know, they were immediately expelled from school. No, no one, you know, it, it, look, she said she was raped. They kicked them out. You know, a year later, charges all dropped. Like, come to find out, like, she wasn't, she had told some of her girlfriend, she was just embarrassed about what happened. You know, she, she had a boyfriend and she, she didn't feel great about it. And so I know that not every situation is like that, but my point is, like, when it's just an allegation and there's no substantiated evidence, like, what, what is the right thing to do? I'm not, and I'm not saying what it is. I'm asking. Like, if you came to me as a coach, like, and my background is, I have that story. Like, I know that story. And, and, you know, there's no hard evidence yet. This hasn't been tried in a court yet. Am, am I supposed to take a kid's scholarship and sit him down right away? Like and and a year later that could be the case? Or do I err on the side of like, yeah, I gotta take care of the victim in this? I don't have the right answer. It's but it's it's so it's hard for a coach in a situation like that.
0: It's really tough. And it's it's a real world problem that people are dealing with across the country in every walk of life. And it's just something we need to do better at as a society. We need to make sure we're listening. But I think we're make, we need to make sure we're listening to everybody. Yep. Fair enough, Anna? Yeah. No,
2: and I think, I think people just need to be taking a closer look and like really evaluating every single case. I mean, obviously you talk about things that, that were falsely accused and that reminds me of like the Duke Lacrosse scandal, right? Like that was, that was huge. And I'm not saying that that has anything to do with this exact case, but I just think that it means when something like that happens and, and what is it, 16? At least 16 Michigan State football players have been named in accusations of rape or violence against women since D'Antonio took over in 2007. I mean, that's huge. That's big. And it's still, like, right, it's not huge when you compare it to the entire body of students, but it shouldn't matter. Every single case since 2007 should already be done. Like, that should be, it should be taken care of already. Everything should have a microscope on it when it comes to these These athletes. No foot dragon on cases like that, right?
1: Get right to it, like swiftly figure out what happened. I agree. I agree.
0: And so we'll have to watch this play out as it's every day. It's, it's crazy. I mean, how fast things happen. It'll be, we'll have to watch, keep an eye on what happens to Tom. Mm -hmm. I would imagine,
1: I would imagine. Somebody's losing jobs. I think. Well, yeah, I, I think so too. And, and yeah.
0: from the gymnastic side, people already have, and I think no one has a problem. No, I mean school president. I, and I would and imagine
1: Izzo or DeAntonio wind up losing their job over this.
0: Right. Yeah. I, it would not surprise me uh, one bit. No. All right, uh, let's move on because <laughs> it's a tough subject to top, But we want to make uh, Sarah we tackled it and uh try to do it because it is important to get done um so the super Bowl's around yep. so we're going out there i'm headed out there minnesota there's the weather no, out there there's no i in 17. team you know this right like <laughs> like i'm going out there well, i no, would love to <laughs> bring the show you guys come on let's go i want to go <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um one of the things that players have to deal with is distractions um you played in an nba finals yeah and i don't i don't It's such a different dynamic, though, because it's a best-of-seven series. This is a one-game, you know, winner-takes-all scenario. It is unique because you have a two-week lead-up to it where you're getting grilled about those all the times. Uh, But did you, when you were playing in the NBA Finals, like, was distractions an issue at all? Yes.
1: It was. Well, it didn't really matter for me because I was, like, just in the NBA for, like, a month (laughs) and a half, and I I was – it was a whirlwind, so I was happy to be there. you know, I was enjoying every every moment I had. Um, distractions when you're when you're in a city for three, four days in a row. Just not being at home in your, in your own, like, routine becomes a distraction. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's a hard thing to do to stay sane. And I know it, it sounds like, hey, dude, just, you know, stay in that hotel room for, for three days and, <laughs> you know, get your room service and watch TV and keep your, like, that's easier said than done, man. Right. Like, you, that, and that make,
4: city being LA. That's, yeah, <laughs> it's a really,
1: right. You start to get cabin fever. You look out. The weather's beautiful out there. It's Rodeo Drive. Like, you, you they're great restaurants and stuff. So it's, it, it is a hard thing to do, but the good ones, the really good ones, Like they figure out how to stay focused. Like you figure out how to, how to have some restraint, right? So yeah, you go out, you have dinner, you can have a drink or two, right? But you're not out all night. You know, you're not burning the candle on both ends to where you can't get up and prepare the next day and go through the process of, of getting yourself and your team together to play the game. So, you know, it's all, it's all, it's, it's all about self control in terms of like not overdoing it. Like everyone Mm -hmm. has to go out and be a human being. Don't overdo it. Don't kill it. Leading up the day before, stay in the room.
2: I feel like outside of distractions, though, it's also—I mean—the season is so long. Right. Like, aren't these guys exhausted? Like, yeah. I feel like they would be like frustrated, exhausted. Like, it's a, a distraction is different at that point because it's just like you have to fake this energy.
1: Yeah, going well, you—you well, you have the energy. I mean, you should have. A ton of energy just because, like, this is the
2: because like, you're hyped. You're, 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 but where you're, you're also to be. like your body's. Dumb, but yeah, right? your body is
1: wasted <laughs> mentally.
0: But you... you get that extra week of rest, which is right. huge That's for true. the players because yeah. they're used to going one week at a time. So football,
1: when, how do you, how how you guys get there? What two so, days but before this is usually?
0: The, so yeah, not even. You get there the day before. See, it's it, like be, this is weird. You're this there a week now. Yeah. See, that they're changes in, the dynamic. They're getting in yesterday or today. And they're doing things that they normally never do. Like they have the media night tonight, the big intro, and it's eight o'clock and ten o'clock at night. Like that, it's
1: late. Those were the biggest thing those were the biggest differences. My day to day when I played in the NBA Finals, like whether I went to dinner or went out and, and had a drink or or was up till twelve o'clock, all that remained pretty much consistent. The amount of like the amount of uh the amount of, like, obligatory media and stuff like that was the stuff that was draining and exhausting because mm-hmm. you're just not used to being on call all the time for 1,000 media outlets. You know, <laughs> right. That, no, real talk. Real well, no, that, it is.
0: It is a pain. It is, It is is energy-consuming when – and not only that, but you're on the road. So normally if, if Tom Brady is, you know, in Boston, he's living in his pad with Giselle – on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, he goes home from work, from practice, and he can have dinner at his house. Yeah. Here, they're having to plan dinners. Where can we go? Or maybe we don't have to deal with autograph seekers. Like they're, yep. they're having to approach this in a totally different mindset. But I'm like, to Hannah's point, there is, there's an exhaustion. But then at the same time, there's this energy that kind of you're infused with because it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Like there's people there at practice. There's so much more media there. But it's a balance because you don't want to exhaust yourself and make sure that you're ready. You want to have to save something for the game, which I think is that I think that is a huge advantage for the Patriots. Haven't been there so many times last year. have Knowing those routines, if you're the new team. I think that's Doug Peterson's biggest challenge is how do we keep this as quote normal as possible in an environment that's totally not normal to what you're used to.
1: Are you a, like see that's I always have that like debate with myself about you know is it better to keep keep it normal or is it better to them to let them know the gravity of the situation so right. thinking, like I don't know because I've been like I've been able to get myself right to the maximum like optimum level of heightness. Yeah. I've also gone way overboard with that. And I've come out too flat, so I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, especially when you're dealing with with first timers there, like what do you do with them?
0: And not only that, but think about on a fifty-three man roster, half of them might you might want to sell that message of this is the biggest moment yeah. you have to prepare extra yeah. others. You might have to tone down like that's, that's the biggest challenge I think for them. All right, let's get to our guest, uh, Will Brinson. We mentioned him off the top of the show. He is a senior writer with CBS sports. All right. Welcome Will Brinson to the podcast. He's a CBS sports senior NFL writer. He's one of the hosts for our CBS digital pick six podcast. Make sure you download a subscribe, especially Super Bowl week. He's headed out to Minnesota later in the week. Follow him at Will Brinson. I love him because he's a fellow ACC guy. You guys didn't know that's why we're we having him on. You just but found he's, out. He's repping his NC State <laughs> helmet with us here on our Skype. We can see him. You guys can't. We'll get a picture up on our at Canal and Bell. Will, what's going on, man? How are you doing?
3: What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. I got my uh, I got my dog here. My my child <laughs> is uh, eating pancakes and watching television at, at 730 in the morning as we record this. What could possibly go wrong while I'm not paying attention in podcast? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: nothing, nothing whatsoever. So now, last week we did a segment here with our uh, our CBS Sports uh, when we were doing a segment together about the AFC Championship game. You made a prediction, and I actually loved it. And I thought, and I think I told you this when we were doing the segment. You picked the Jags to beat the Patriots, correct? I did.
3: Incorrect. Incorrectly. But
2: yes, <laughs> right, I did
3: but, too. Well, it's right. OK. <laughs> no, but
0: I have a question for you because you're an NC State fan. You went there. So you root for your team. Do you root more for NC State when they're playing Duke or North Carolina or do you root harder when you make a pick like the Jaguars against the Patriots?
3: Okay, so are you asking do I root more for NC State against Carolina or NC State against Duke? Is that the question? No. Or like one of their rivals or uh, like the
0: pick because uh, I um, find myself – I root almost harder when I make a
3: pick than I do for Florida
0: State.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that I root harder when I make a pick. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> it depends. So, I mean, just so – this is really convoluted, but I'll give it to you anyway. So I actually grew up. Um, a Duke fan because my we had tickets to Duke, so I, I grew up like rooting for my, my one of my dad's good friends who had tickets to Duke, so I went to a bunch of ca- games at Cameron in like '91 and '92. Little spoiled there. Um, I, I feel like fate resigned me to being an NC State fan, so I would never <laughs> win anything again after that. Um, but uh, so I, I would say that I root very aggressively when NC State plays Carolina um as a result of those two things combining together but when i make a yeah when i make a pick especially like a public pick where i'm picking the jaguars to upset the patriots and i'll get credit for it like like i was i think i was the only person who picked the eagles to beat the vikings so i was rooting hard for the eagles because therefore i look smart i would much rather look (laughs) smart than have my own um, fanhood satiated. if that Me too. I'm,
0: I'm in the same boat. Like I root for being right. Like that's yeah. what I want to be. It's that's right. So
3: opposite. All right. So
1: look, as it pertains to gambling with the game, like what do you make of the line and its movement so far?
3: Well, I don't. I don't like that at all because I am staunchly in the corner of the Eagles picking the <laughs> I'm in the real business of picking against the Patriots this offseason. Awesome. It's, it's, it's not working. <laughs> it's really smart. Uh, no, I think I like the Eagles a lot in this game. And, um, as, uh, as our friend and colleague, Nick Costas would say, I'm invested. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 look, I think that when you look at what the Eagles have, the one red flag that's throwing me off is the, the results of Jim Schwartz defenses against the, the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. It hadn't been great, but I also think that the, in order to beat the Patriots, you have to physically overwhelm them at the, at the line of scrimmage, uh, particularly on, on defense with the pass rush to get after time. I mean, it sounds, I know it's cliche and everybody says it, but it's just true. Like the only way to beat Tom Brady is to rush him with a, with a, with a minimal amount of pass rushers. And I think that the, 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 the Eagles remind me a little bit of the 2011 Giants in the sense that they have this wave of pass rushers, this depth at defensive end, this depth at defensive tackle that they can send after Tom Brady. You know, they have enough talent in the secondary to hold up in case those guys don't get there most of the time. And they also have the ability to play with a lead. So if they can get Tom Brady on the ground, if they can pass rush him, if they can um you know generate some points, then they can feed the ball to J. J. and garrett Blunt. And I like the I like the fact that Doug Peterson has been an aggressive play caller. And in will in in afraid to to push the ball down the field, I think that plays well if you can get a lead or even if, you know, even if you're trailing a little bit like it's not They're not going to find themselves in any sort of new territory regardless of what happens early.
0: That's the See, I, I think you're, you're spot on, especially with Doug Peterson being aggressive with Nick Foles. I think their best chance to win is to have that aggressive mindset to say, you know what? We're here. We are with the underdog and let Nick Foles. Uh, and that sounds crazy, but almost try to get into a shootout where you're trying to score a lot of points and hope that you can get that lead and kind of contain it there. We were just talking about the fact that uh, the, the experience factor, like the Patriots have been there so many times. They were just there last year. The Eagles new to this situation do you? Th- there is some. There is some stuff about Minnesota fans that they're trying to trying to seek revenge against yes. the Eagles. Like, do you think that could be a real factor in this game? Like that they're out there trying to distract them, try like going to their hotel, calling their no, hotel said line. No, they they going to send
2: Uber <laughs> drivers to like the wrong locations, which yes. I thought was so <laughs>
0: weird. For the fans, do you think? But do you think we'll see that play out? Do you think Minnesota fans? I always pictured Minnesota people as the nicest people in, in America.
3: Yeah, but yeah, they- it's really weird. Like I assumed that they would just show up with cheese curds and yeah. um, and other what else like ice poles or ice fishing poles or something yeah. like that and they're like hey how's it going like, hey. I, like I don't I don't even know what a Minnesota person sounds like but that's like that's what's in my head um, this is this is the main I, I'm I'm a little. I'm a little I'm, I'm this is like the Super Bowl. I'm glad I'm, I'm fine. I'm not out there until later in the week because it's yes. I, think, I think I think the high one there is going to be 18. So sweet. Um but but I'm a little upset because I think that this is like the kitschiest Super Bowl of all time. You know, like Radio Rose taking place on on uh, all <laughs> of mall. America's Yeah. Yes. the mall. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mall. Why are we doing the mall. Um but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if these Minnesota I think I think these Minnesota people are like like, the, like okay so if this were flipped right and the super bowl is in Philadelphia and the Eagles fans oh. had just missed out Eagles fans would be like we're going to grab we're going to mug these Vikings fans and murder <laughs> them in the <they're> like, <laughs> the street and like the Vikings fans their their move is like their, their little fake line they are like we're going to we're going to we're going to take them to a wrong place in an Uber ha! <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the most evil thing that you can conjure in your mind yeah they were People like
2: are, so there were like social media groups about how they w- they said they were requesting people to throw specifically like beer cans and folding chairs.
3: At yeah, them I fans. mean, yeah, right. Like, but like they need they're they're desperately looking for the worst of the worst people <laughs> in Minnesota to throw those beer cans because they inherently can't do it. Like, it's not like. You could just go into a, walk out into the street and find somebody who would happily throw a beer can in Philly, right? Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> you, you need to, you need to seek out, like they're putting Craigslist ads out looking for these people who are evil in Minnesota because they just don't exist as much. And so I don't think you'll see that. And I, I think you actually see a very friendly Minnesota people during this Super Bowl. Um, I, I will say though that, that sports fandom, you know, brings out the, the most, the, the most vengeful, um, uh, you know, of, of fans, certainly. I mean, yeah, you know, if Minnesota fans can, can get fired up about this, then what else, what, what can't they get fired up about?
0: So media day has always been a thing for the Super Bowl, right? I mean, you've seen the crazy questions, the lady in the wedding gown proposing <laughs> to players. Then they switched up the format a few years ago and they go to this opening night, which is tonight. It'll be later tonight. Patriots, Eagles, eight and 10
3: o'clock. Uh, do you, do you, are you a fan of this? No, I, <laughs> and I'm not going this year. I mean, like, I, I don't think I went last year either. I don't like it. It's, um, Did you like
0: Media Day or are you just not a fan of the whole spectacle? No, no, no.
3: I like me. I liked, well, this, I don't want to sound like some jaded, I don't want to sound like Pete Prisker getting, you know, <laughs> bored in my old age or something. It, <laughs> I found that it's, I found that it, it hit some sort of point of saturation. Um, maybe three or four years ago, it just, it just felt like all of the questions, all of the goofy que- everybody was trying to find this goofy angle mm-hmm. too aggressively and, we we hit like a you know it's like it's fun for the first three or four years and then eventually it's just sort of a zoo. I, I like it early in the morning because everybody's you, you tamper <laughs> down a, a little bit of the enthusiasm and you can actually go around and, and, and chat with some players. Um, I, I I like I like media day, but I don't like media night because it's it's it doesn't need to be tell it doesn't need to be televised it doesn't need, and I'm not trying to be you know like, get off my long guy. But it, it's just like, there doesn't need to be a band blaring. The guy that, you know, you don't need to do introductions for all the players. It, they're changing it into opening night. And I think it loses a little bit of its um, bizarreness because it's opened up to the, opened up as this evening spectacle.
1: Well, anti spectacle in terms of media. Bill Belichick. Like, what's your take on him? I feel like you either, you either love him, you hate him. He's either so bad that he's good or that, or you just hate his shtick. So where do you land on that spectrum?
3: Uh, I'm not a Patriots fan or anything, but I, I love and appreciate Bill Belichick and take no greater pleasure in my job than watching him be a total, uh, actually, I can't say that word that I was going to say <laughs> I, I got, he got bleeped in my other podcast, um, a total jerk uh, to to, to in, in media situations. I get that he probably should be nicer and he could be better about it as part of his job, but it just cracks me up. Like the, the, the best, the best ex the, the best press conference I think I've ever seen was that deflate gate one where he's quoting, uh, Mona Lisa Vita Vida from, uh, my cousin Vinny. And he's just up there, he's breaking down like the hydrogen atoms of, of certain <laughs> things and going crazy. That to me was Pete Belichick. And I, I, I think we get it on a regular basis more and more, um, as he tries to keep people away from meddling in his business. It's also fun when he gets in the Super Bowl because especially a super bowl where there's no controversy like the Deflategate controversy cuz he'll let his guard down a little bit and he'll start and you think you can't tell like you can't tell if he's tricking you or not because he starts going into these like 10 minute segments and rants about the history of football ah Bill Belichick, he's really reflecting on his legacy and where it means. And all of a sudden, you realize that he's just—he's just eating up the time. He's just, he's just <laughs> wasting, or he's, he's just making sure you don't get any more questions.
0: He's filibustering. That's yeah. what he's doing. He's, to, he's probably pillar-bustering. Probably. He's just trying to waste the time so he doesn't have to answer as many questions. All right, let's have some fun. We do our superlatives here on the podcast, so we're gonna have some fun with some little props that our boy Debo put together for us. What is more concerning in this game for the Patriots? Is it Tom Brady's hand? Or Rob Gronkowski's concussion protocol?
3: Gronk's protocol. He'll be cleared by Friday, I think. He's not going to be cleared by Monday night. Um, well, according- that's because they don't want him to go to the opening night media days. Right. Don't you think? Uh- can you really tell if Gronk has a concussion? Uh, should... No. Right. I mean, uh, Gronk is a Hey, uh, 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 Gronk, what's your favorite number? Sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> is he concussed? I don't know. Is he concussed? How many fingers am I holding? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I probably shouldn't ask questions. concussions. Well, but well, it, that's to... the bigger deal. That's if they don't have Gronk and they don't have Edelman. I really like the Eagles, but they're going to have Gronk. He's going to play in the Super Bowl two weeks to two weeks to get cleared concussion protocol. I just bet he's not cleared until the end of the week because the page it's out of the Patriots' hands. Technically, I just have a sneaking suspicion he won't be cleared until the end of the week.
2: Well, I have to ask you. When I walked into the office today, Danny was like, "Did you watch Tom Brady's
3: <laughs> Tom versus Time? Tom,
2: time, time versus Tom versus Time, whatever it's called. I refuse to watch it. Did you watch it at all, Will?
3: Yeah, I did. And nothing makes me more angry than the opening segment where Tom's walking through his $40 million house, um, past his beautiful kids and his somewhat attractive wife, out the door to his really, really expensive car that probably costs more than my house, and saying, I give up a lot for football. Like, yeah, yeah, you sure <laughs> do, Tom.
2: Um, oh, I love that you yeah, just hated yeah. that. I, I, look, I, I, get that
3: he, I get that being a professional athlete is very difficult, and, he, and Tom sacrifices all that he has to to be the greatest of all time. Um, yeah, it looks like he's doing okay to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Which uh, which
1: Prince song is Justin Timberlake more likely to cover during the halftime show?
3: Uh, I actually wrote a story about this. <laughs> Let's go crazy, I think, is the answer because Purple Rain, you can't – I think that it has to be sort of a medley situation, right? You have to build it in as part of sort of this, like, hey, this is a tribute, but without getting too deep into it. And I think if you did Purple Rain, you would have to do the entirety of Purple Rain. That's true. Although you could mix part of it into one slower song. But then that means you have to slow down like six minutes of the halftime show. So to me, what happens is, the uh, this is just my prediction. Lights go dark. There's purple glow sticks under everybody's seat. Everybody holds them up bathe the whole thing in purple. You bust out, let's go crazy for like 90 seconds. And then you dive into Timberlake songs and you get the credit of uh, covering, t- covering Prince without having to, you know, really cover him and have people break down whether you, you did it justice and without having to slow down the halftime show. I will say though that I learned in my research for that article that there's actually a Timberlake Prince beef that's going on. Wow. Uh, that, that went on back in the day over, like, I don't remember, I don't remember this happened. It was like in the Grammys or, or the, or some sort, something like that, and they were beefing at an awards show a little bit, and it later came out during records. But Timberlake is holding a, a a listening party for his new album, Man in the Woods, at Paisley Park this week. So you have to think Ooh. there's something going on here. Did you get an invite to that listening party? I, I did not. That would be <laughs> uh, that would be the coolest thing um, ever. ever yeah. right? you get one. Hit me up because I'm gonna be
0: out there too. I'm gonna try to work my way into that one. All right, what is more likely the Tecmo Bowl prediction? That Nick Foles will have two picks, but the Eagles the Eagles, still win, <laughs> or Mike Trout's prediction that Tom Brady throws a late pick to seal the
3: game for the Eagles. Mm. Um. I would say the Tecmo Bowl is more. My, my, I like Mike Trout, one of my favorite <laughs> baseball players, but uh, Tecmo Bowl uh, better game than Mike Trout as a baseball player in the in the pantheon of pantheon of video games. I'll give it, I'll give the edge of Tecmo Bowl, and I think the Tecmo Bowl thing is more likely because. If Nick Foles throws two picks, to me the Eagles can overcome that. If Tom Brady throws a late pick, eh, the Patriots are probably toast. I, I, I don't. If, if Tom Brady, if Tom Brady gets the ball within one score late, the, the Patriots will win. That's just how that's how the league operates, and it is it's it's phenomenal to think about how you. Can wa- like watching it last year unfold, you knew. same with the, the AFC Championship game. When he got the ball, you knew. Everyone knew it was over. And it, it's a, it's wild for that to be a thing in professional football.
0: And if you watch Tom versus time, you would know that's the expectation. They come to believe that that's what's going to happen. I'm not watching. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Will. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check him out at Will Branson. I'm going to hit you up for those. Uh, we're going to try to get into that private party. That private Let's just – uh, we'll,
3: we'll put on disguises and we'll sneak in there. <laughs> All right, man. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. All
0: right, guys. All right, let's get to it. Here's what's happening with Hannah. What you got, Hannah? All
2: right, guys. The NFC blew a 20-3 to lead. The AFC 24-23 to winners in Sunday's Pro Bowl. The Titans' Delaney Walker caught a touchdown with 91 seconds remaining, while the Broncos' Von Miller strip-sacked Jared Goff to end. The game. Now Walker and Miller named co-MVPs. After the game, multiple players commented saying the product was better and guys played harder this year. UCF was there, rocking their Natty Champ shirts. Danny not in attendance.
0: No, I wanted to be like <laughs> the head grand marshal of that one. So I didn't. So the the game I have not watched in a couple of years, and so I flipped over yesterday to watch a player or two. I didn't realize they don't tackle like it's not even. They don't even bring them to the ground half the time. It's touch. The in touch. I, what I didn't realize is that that is supposedly some hot take. I get into it with Trey Wingo on Twitter. He's saying. You know, it's a hot take. I thought most people realized the game was crappy. Right. And I didn't know, like, I thought the hot take was him saying it's a good product. I don't know. It's just, I think it's not a good game to watch. But 7.9 people, a uh, million people are still tuning in to watch the Pro Bowl. The under hit again. Yes, the under did hit again. So, Raja won that yeah. one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, Raja, I got one for you. Uh, the NHL All-Star game happened. That's Word? It? <laughs> <laughs> when did that happen? It was in Tampa. Tampa Bay. This weekend? Yeah. You know anything about that? How
1: did Martin Brodeur do? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Lots of saves. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> all right,
4: I moving like on. So
2: was Gasparillo's over in oh, Tampa, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, Gasparilla.
0: As Debo was over there getting after mm-hmm. it. Yeah, what? he's hurting a little bit this morning.
2: Oh, my gosh. I would never go. Okay, Roger Federer continues to defy all we know about aging, winning his record-tying sixth Australian Open title on Sunday and 20th Grand Slam of his career at 36 years old. Now, on the woman's side, Caroline Wozniacki captured her first Grand Slam single title with a win down under.
0: It's all about Federer. I mean twenty Grand Slam titles, it's pretty insane what mm-hmm. he's been able to accomplish. And I feel like he's probably the most um like most respected, well liked athlete across anyone. Because when we talk about Brady, we have haters. When you talk about Tiger mm-hmm. Woods, people say hey, he's done. Federer, there's like just a unanimous yeah. he's so the true. goat and everybody loves him. He's a bad dude. I guy. wish he
2: got more credit. Like I wish he was more watched, more talked about. Because he's, he's not just very so polarizing, good. he's just mm-hmm.
0: professional and and like everybody just admires him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Alright, seventy two, seventy one, seventy, seventy two. That's a look at Tiger Woods' return to the PGA tour after a long a year long absence. Tiger minus three for the tournament and tied for twenty third at Tory Pines, probably most importantly without pain. He did have to endure a fan yelling during the backswing of one of his putts. It wasn't me, guys, I swear. Farmers open <laughs> Farmers <laughs> Open finishing up today, actually.
1: Um I think he's back.
0: <laughs> really?
1: No, I know the driver wasn't That's under control. Like he oh, missed. He was spraying that he thing spraying all over. It. But I like that he was grind like I like where his mental makeup was that he was able to grind despite that. Um, short game looked really good though. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of that little stuff around, you know, short sided a lot, like that looked really good. Putting there were some struggles, but like mechanically, I wasn't really too worried. I want to see where he's at mentally, and I kind of liked what I saw. I think he can figure it out over the next couple months. He
0: finished what twenty fourth. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, like to see him back for twenty third. Yeah, to see him where he has a chance and he's finishing tournaments, he's making cuts. I am with you. I think he's back to contending. Correct. Now to say he's back, will he win another major? Oh, I'm not yeah. going to go that far. Yeah, I
1: don't. I don't know that he. But he, it's I, great that he's back. He's where back. He is. If he can just be in the mix, if he can be making cuts, if he can be. You know, top tens and in the hunt, like for golf, like that's just going to be a huge win. It's more fun. Yeah.
2: All right. Sixers Thunder developing into an East West rivalry because of a brewing rivalry between Joella Embiid and Russell Westbrook. So Jojo got the poster dug on Russ. Westbrook got the win and did a lot of staring. OKC sweeps the season series with a 122 to 112 victory.
0: The dunk was filthy. That was nasty. But see, here's one of the things I love about Westbrook. Again, like he kind of went up there to take the charge. Yeah, he he don't care. Like a lot of dudes would bow out. They'd say, go ahead. And he's like
1: staying in there. That's why I like Westbrook. Yeah, he's a savage. We We talked about that last episode. (laughs) His mindset is just animal. Like he's Animal Cub all the way. Um, It'll be really interesting to see what happens with them without Roberson. Like they've been so attached to him. He's great defensively. Uh, but if they can plug in and somebody else and, and they can hit a stride with a better shooter out there, creates that much more space. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see what happens, but it sucks for Roberson. That was an ugly injury. Does that
4: rivalry continue all-star weekend? Westbrook and Bead? Oh, are they,
1: they're on opposite teams? Oh yeah, that's a beef. Like they're it's like- It's a serious beef. And, and Bede is one of those dudes that like, he plays, but he plays too much. Yeah. So it becomes like a beef at some point with him. Like it's play, play, it's play, play, and I'm like, yo dude, stop, and then you don't stop, and now we're really beefing, you know? <laughs>
2: All right, last but not least, the Cavs won, and Isaiah Thomas played well. The thing is, he didn't play in the fourth quarter. He did play the entire third, notching 10 of his 14 points in the frame, in addition to seven assists on the night. Cleveland coach Ty Lue plans to implement new rotation with plans to stagger Thomas's and LeBron's minutes to allow them to both lead the offense. The Cavs outscored the Pistons 31-17 in the fourth and moved to a 121-104 to victory.
1: That is a... Spur of the moment right now, Band-Aid, that is not going to work. Isaiah Thomas, if you saw him in the press conference after the game, not excited about not playing in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see himself as a problem defensively, although clearly the numbers over his career suggest otherwise. He is very bad defensively. The Cavs are much worse defensively when he's on the court. Um, there's going to be a problem in
0: Cleveland. I'm about to go out and say that what we saw Saturday night is the finals preview. With the Warriors play the Celtics. I'm oh, about word. to throw in the towel on the Cavs. I'm not there yet. Like, I got to see a little bit more. It's still early. I feel like there's always drama around the Cavs yep. around this time of year. Will they get it figured out? I need to see more play out. But you mentioned Isaiah... How about his comments when he was talking about the defensive stats before he got there? Like, he's like, everybody wants to – he's already feeling defensive yeah. about it. He's saying, hey, everybody's blaming me for these issues, but we were awful before I got here. Like, it is a very real issue with this team. The chemistry, some of like, things that matter, things that are important. It's like, ugly. It is ugly uh, right now with the Cavs for sure uh, when you think about it. All right, so Debo – We had the Grammys last night. You made up something for us. We have our NBA Grammys.
4: Yeah, I think it's one of our things on this podcast. Anytime an athlete raps, including Danny Cannell, we're going to play it. We're going to react to it. So why (laughs) not? The NBA known for, you know, a lot of players want to be rappers, rappers want to be ball players. We're going to do what the singing? NBA Grammys. Singing not on this list. I know you're thinking of Victor Oladipo. <laughs> <I am. laughs> Victor another my boy. time. Oh, another right. time for Unfollow. Y'all so to Unfollow. should I go like a whole opening monologue like they yeah. do? Yeah. Should, should okay. I talk about guys? Stop should. being weird. Politicians. <laughs> <Yes. and nevermore. laughs> on to the first ever NBA Grammys in honor of Lakers rookie Lonzo Ball and his soon-to-be rap concert debut in hip-hop hotbed Lithuania. We begin with the best active NBA rappers category with none other than the big baller himself with Super Saiyan.
1: Hey,
0: on my neck and wrist they get up. Hey, I had no choice, you know I had to sit back sit back sit back turn the music up straight crack i spit that but not nah, homie i ain't talking drugs i ain't on the corner i ain't selling rock i ain't selling rock banging with the thugs i'll be on the court yeah i push the rock cause balling 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 what i love pay attention listen closely i won't say it twice married to the game i don't know
2: if i wanted that to end i know right i got i like that
0: i like that beat though that's two thoughts two thoughts came to my mind one is i used to have a big sub in the back of my car like in college and yeah i could hear the windows rattling like with that song it would have been coming through (laughs) the other thing i kind of like about it is that it seemed from that bar right there there's like some pretty positive message yeah like i'm not saying like yeah and i want something i can listen to with my daughters and (laughs) like my you know the younger generation like a positive message not bad at all sir
4: that was lonzo ball next up a guy i believe who you have heard spit in person raja we got iman shumpert with a Cavs anthem
0: la fembe all the noise our fans make this game can make a man great from the game winner to the handshake
2: that ankles
0: laughs oh my yeah laughs crowd oh
1: boy yeah shump is talented I I mean, still he, like he here he's I, I i he's i think he's a little more artsy than like than lonzo and some of those dudes like mm-hmm. if you know him he's a little it's not just straight rap like he's got an artsy vibe to him um like he was he his freestyle that night at wherever we were that Detroit City music school or whatever was incredible. Like it was really cool. He sounds I'm pretty good. Yeah. He does yeah.
2: sound good.
4: So that's Lonzo Ball and Amon Chumper. Not an all-star in the NBA, but he's in the starting lineup for all-star NBA rappers. It's Lou Willville, Lou Williams, with his take on a personal friend. Hashtag free McMills. I'm a boss. <laughs> I, I came to Philly, not for no favors. except handouts, no sugars from my neighbors.
0: <laughs> oh, God, I, I can't listen to it with my daughters now i can't listen is that to it with
2: the, the criteria the <laughs> For me, it is. i did I'm not like boss. that but i don't that's... even care what they're talking about like that doesn't bother me he was, he, he was like screaming he was yelling well, that's like a very distinct style yeah, yeah. that's like the Eminem. thing. you making fun
4: of meek mill i just like can't <laughs> relate <laughs> legend? i can't
2: relate to that like it's not relatable i don't like it all right <laughs>
4: the last one in the active nba rappers category this is a dude that takes snubs seriously so watch out if you don't pick him damian lillard A.K.A. Dame Dollar with two real albums out, with features like Lil Wayne and Future. Perfectly titled song here called "They Sleep."
1: It's always room for a real one, cause you can't finesse the grind. The chatter gets ignored because they hating from behind. It's getting clear they bothered that I'm here. The top in my side mirror closer than it appears. Here, yeah. and my peers they know that I don't fit the stereotype. If I don't practice what I preach, then you can bury me in white.
2: I'm a fan of that.
1: And. Um, the Grammy goes too.
2: <laughs> <It's> Dave <Dollar laughs> yeah, right
1: the, is official,
4: man. That's like,
0: yeah. He has two albums out. Do we like that? Are they sold? Like, does he actually, like, does he perform? Does he go on tour? I listen to My Car Every
4: Morning. You
2: do? do you <laughs> like every morning. Really? Whoa. Fire. I, yeah.
0: That's, it's crazy. Like, I'd say good for these dudes. Consensus? who
2: Consensus? Consensus. Yeah, yeah. I would
0: give it to Dave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I feel like the other guys are, like Lonzo might be the closest to being Lonzo's, like a, yeah. a, a, ball, a basketball player, but could have been like I think he could be like Dame could have been either way. He could have either mm-hmm. hooped or like pursued. <laughs> he's doing both I mean, pretty well, right? Like I think.
0: Do you think NBA coaches like this? Like if you're if it's Dame if Dame's your player, he's your guy? he's a yeah. pitcher, Do you does this bother no. coaches? No,
1: nope. no. I mean, unless you're like. Unless you're doing concerts and it's affecting what we're trying to do as a team. Right. But there's so much free time if it's not interfering with your, your day job or your I night job. I feel like job. NFL coaches would hate this. Would but
0: they? in wrongly so. That's why we're more but progressive. Like fo- like, totally. That's I true. totally agree. A much better. Sport. I wonder if any would come big. Yeah.
4: Coaches can't hate this because they're retired guys. So we move on to the best retired NBA rappers category. and. Must be an L.A. thing with former Lakers dominating this list. So much like NFL jams yeah. featuring MC, DK, yeah. Danny Cannell. Oh, the NBA line. Line. Yeah. <laughs> released a similar athlete's rapping album called Basketball's Best Kept Secret oh. in 1994. A couple of those were actually the good kind of secret, like Brian Shaw. A lot
3: of people be liking to say that they down with me, but ain't damn one of them folks lost their whole damn family. When you lose, I make my dues. But somebody's always trying to stop you just to get the rep that they got you. Yeah. I love
0: how they just, like they have this very distinct style. It's is very West Coast. Yeah, he's 19th.
3: Bay Area, I believe. Yeah. Right? He's
0: oh, Oakland. You want, you want some yes. more G-Funk? Yeah. Oakland. Yeah, we yeah, got yeah. Seth
4: Sabalos with some more G-Funk. Now I told you once before, it's the mad punk
1: kicking rough stuff. quick up, back to bonk Yeah, give a boom, Yeah, give a space. Throw your hands in the air. West side's in the place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> said 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 was a dj and i feel like what i,
2: I want know? like He's a mixed album now like i want like a like a seat off, yeah. yes, no, off, no, off the bench, bench mix playlist. we well, yes it. i'll, I'll, I'll put that happen. together Spotify and then
4: playlist. the last one on this list we got shaw we got sabalos we got Shaq diesel himself he didn't need that best kept secret album because he has a discography that includes four studio albums two compilation albums two soundtracks one unreleased album and nine singles but this was a feature on the foosh Yeah. What's up, Doc?
1: and make Super
4: Caliprodulistic I, I it. it.
0: Oh, it, it. Choice, bro. What's so up, I Doc? Think, I think so we were... Raja wins the award. <laughs> yes. True story. That's new artist, Raja. True story. I used to have a ghetto blaster. Yeah. Put it outside, shoot hoops. That would be playing. So yeah, absolutely. The chef. Yeah. That's Opened not even a question. Door, the actor. diesel. The diesel. Yeah.
1: I mean, but he acted. Yeah. He, like people sleep on the D's, right? Cause he's this big, you know, silly dude, man. But he was like one of the best setters of all time.
4: Rapper, actor, just
0: good dude, man. Yeah. No doubt. So we
4: got Damian Lillard a winner, Shaquille O'Neal a winner. This category: worst rappers. I, I'm not even gonna intro him. I need you guys to guess the voice. Oh no! Your loves
1: a sword slicing gently do my body. Burn so sweet, blood boils oh. when you speak. Makes me weak, but I refuse to weep. Yet
4: when I sleep, I feel tears trickling down my cheek. Come on, Kobe being Bryant. <laughs> Yep, that's and that's the whole list. <laughs> no. Kobe uh, being Bryant, man. the worst NBA rapper. They're the worst NBA rapper. Right. I, that wasn't good.
1: That no that wasn't that great. That was no, not great. It was that, awful. Um but what he's doing now is he pretty tries. cool, right? Isn't he Oscar-nominated? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 Like He's transitioned. He un-
0: realizes his strength and he weaknesses. He found his art elsewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, like another super talented dude, but that was not great. Back-to-back <laughs> back Lakers. We got Shaq and Kobe, best and worst. So this yeah. is the
4: last one here. We finished with the category of most influential basketball-related rap lyric from actual rappers. Mm. There's just two on the list, and it's old school versus new school. We got Ice Cube on today was a good day. Yeah, last week messed around and got, got a, a triple, triple double. double. Yeah. Or Drake, New School zero to hundred. Steph Curry with a shot boy. What's more influential oh my rap gosh. lyric?
1: stuff curry with the shopping cooking with the
4: pot. Um.
2: It's so hard. Yeah. That's so hard. I'm going to say the most influential
0: rap song of all time was Curtis Blow basketball. Yeah. Rapping basketball. Dope. Like what? that would take the What
2: about Bow Wow basketball? What? Oh my God. Oh, I'm joking. Oh, I'm, I'm joking. i right, 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 right. totally <laughs> joking. <laughs> totally is, the is there a specific
4: line from that? Like when he says I, <laughs> I, I watch the over. Knicks play basketball. Was, yeah. But nothing like shouted out players though. Nothing like today messed around got a triple double. Yeah. That was. Like, that was a dope lyric. Specific one yeah. lyric. Yeah. Which um, one?
1: Catch me on the court and I'm trouble. Last week, messing around, I
4: got I'm a triple-double. That's
2: where I'm going with. I'm yeah. going with that one. Yeah. Go with that one I'm too. going with Drake. Hannah goes
4: new school. Yeah. No, <laughs> no surprise there. Of
2: course she does. What was I the, feel like Drake shouts out like stuff like that all the time.
1: Yeah. What was the lyric I used to <laughs> love? Uh, Drake it wasn't that long ago. He it it said something about, old. you wasn't with me when I was shooting in the gym or something like that. It was uh, was referencing... Anyway. Who was Some Somebody made made the lyric. It was about like splitting up and... He said you wasn't with me. He was talking to a female. He wasn't with me when I was shooting in the gym or something like that. It's a recent rap lyric, but I like the lyric because my wife used to shoot in the gym with me, like when I was a rookie. Oh, I used to take her go. in there with me, with me at night, and she shagged balls for me. So it was for me, it was a dope. It was a dope. Uh, Nice. I All like
0: right. That. Well, well done. First again, annual. First yeah. annual. Well yeah. done with that. All right. Roger's got a bolt. He's got to get out of here. wanna get in trouble. Thanks for checking us out. This is Off the Bench. Uh, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star review. Leave us a question in there. We'll get them on Friday with our five-star Q&A on Friday. Rick Check Ross.
2: Out. Yeah. Oh, Rick, <laughs> Rick Ross. So yes. Man, Rick Ross. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <coming through. laughs>
0: Ricky Rosé. And follow us on Twitter at Canel and Bell. Thanks for checking us out. See ya.